0: Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this time together, this opportunity to come together, Lord, and share your word. I ask that your spirit speak through me, Lord, so that everyone here, including myself, is blessed and is changed in a special way. In Jesus' name, amen. It's my Bible. I have what it says I have. I am what it says I am. And I can do what it says I can do. Praise God. Just a word on Pastor Balin. Uh, he was a great guy. Uh, just two quick words. I had a client. You know, I'm a criminal attorney. And I had a client who was uh, writing bad checks. <laughs> I got him out of the first one. And uh, he came to church with me, and he sat over there where Josh was sitting. And Greg Balin never saw him before. He was just walking up. And he stopped. Turn around. He looked at him. He says, "You're doing the same things you were doing six months ago." And God said, "You better stop." <laughs> well, guess what? He got caught again, and he ended up in state prison. But Greg warned him. And uh, one day, I was sitting there with my family and uh, my kids and Brenda and, and Jennifer. And he came to Jennifer, and he started. You know, I figured. You know, Jennifer always had it going on. You know, she had everything planned, and life was perfect, and all that kind of stuff, and uh, he stopped, and he just started saying, you know, you made yourself an island, uh, you know, you were drawn from your friends, and uh, I said, well, he's got this one wrong, <laughs> and he started talking and talking, and all of a sudden, she started weeping. <laughs> I was shocked. I just, I was like, what? And uh, when we got out in the car, you know, Jennifer said, yeah, Dad, he get it 100%. Shout out to Greg Balin, great guy. He really had a, he really had a gift, too. So. really good gift. Okay, this uh, sermon's uh, called All About the One. Start with Luke 15, 1 through 10. And this is the uh, parable of the hundred sheep here. This is uh, 15, 1, 10. It says, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. So all the tax collectors and sinners came to Jesus to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Basically, they were saying, like, look, this guy's hanging out with, uh, you know, dirt bags. What's what's he doing with them? And he spoke this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine Uh, and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents more than over ninety-nine and nine just persons which need No repentance. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she loses one piece, does not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together saying, rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. You know, it's easy and natural to take the attitude of the Pharisees. You know, we got it going on. Why are you hanging around with that guy? That guy's no good for you. Bad influence, bad people. What are you doing with them guys? Very easy to take that attitude. I'm not going to get my hands dirty. No, I'm going to hang out with my family. Us four, no more. But, you know, Jesus' attitude is actually just the opposite. He leaves the 99 and goes after the one. Recently, I've been listening to uh, near-death experiences. You know, people have died and just gone on. A lot of it's kooky, a lot of it's not, but they, they give a lot of uh, good stuff. And uh, one of the guys that went up uh, Jesus told them very clearly it's all about the one and it's all about the little things you know a hello a hi a smile you know those are the things in their life review that he that the person solves all the little things and then all the ramifications that followed you know you get bitter with somebody at the bank she goes home yells at her husband The husband gets angry He goes and yells at the kids. Kids get angry. They get mad at their friends. And the whole ripple effect. All from one comment. I'd like to uh, look at the story of the madman of the Gadarenes. It was Matthew uh, 8.18. It starts out there. You don't have to turn there, because I'm going to jump to Mark. It started out, it says, well, now when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to depart onto the other side. Now think about this. He's doing miracles. They've got revival going on. Great multitudes are coming. Lots of people. Think about it. We're like, yeah, this is good. This is good. We're going to get a lot of people saved, a lot of people healed today. It's going to be a lot of fun. Jesus says, let's stop everything right now. Get in the boat. We've got to go. Where are we going? Where are we going? He's going to the madman of the Gadarenes. This, this guy's cutting himself, crying in the wilderness. Nobody even wants to go near him. And they came over uh, to the other side of the sea. I don't know why it hits me like this, but just get. I guess it's God's heart. And they came into the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was coming out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him. No, not with chains. They tried to tie him up. He was like an animal. Because he had often been bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Again, Jesus is having a revival. He's with the multitudes. we got to go see that guy. See, we can all be here, but there's a madman out there that God is thinking about. He's not so much concerned about us. He's concerned about that guy. And in Mark 5, 19, after Jesus, you know the story, he cast out the demons out of the guy, and the guy wanted to follow him. And Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to your friends, and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee, and has had compassion on thee. Now go tell it. And you know the result, the whole town, the whole region came to Jesus after that. This guy was thinking about the one. There was a story I had uh, heard this guy in Afghanistan. I think it was Afghanistan or Pakistan, one of those countries. He had been uh, delivering Bibles with another guy. They were doing good. They were, you know, delivering the Bibles, uh, you know, making headway, starting churches, so on and so forth. And... uh he not the other guy but he got caught by the authorities at one of the border crossings and uh, he got put in jail and uh they beat him every day they just started beating on him they brought him out they made an example of him just started beating on him and uh he was like god you know what was i doing i'm i was over there delivering bibles for you doing everything i was supposed to do and uh this is the thanks i get and he was thinking about how he could kill himself. Because he was like, I don't know where God is. God has left me. And, uh, but he only had a sink and stuff. And he thought about banging his head against the sink. And he was thinking all different ways to kill himself. And finally, he came to a point where that's what he was going to do. He was just going to bang his head as hard as he could against the sink and just kill himself. And when he was about to do it, his whole cell lit up you know, with light. And Jesus appeared. And Jesus said, what are you doing? He said, uh, I've been serving you and everything else and, and this is what, you know, you've left me. I'm, I'm, I'm getting tortured every day. And uh, Jesus says, you know, you're always with me. He says, you know I love you. He says, I'm after the guy that's beaten you. He said, I love him as much as I love you. So he said, Next time you get beat, reach out your hand and tell him you love him. So the guy, the guy, when, next time he got beat, he reached out his hand and, and uh, the, the, the guy who was beating him broke. And uh, he ended up being converted, ended up everybody in the, in the jail got converted. You know, how was God going to get there? He had to go through him. That was the only way to do it. He was thinking about the one and everybody else in the prison. He wasn't thinking about all the Bibles and the the churches and this and that. He's thinking about, let me get that torture in this Muslim prison. Recently, um, a guy... I knew Jim Pratt died, yeah. And um, I don't know if anybody, well, I know Shelly knew Jim. He used to cut her hair, cut his hair. But Jim was a very difficult guy to, to talk to, very bitter, probably because he was sick and he couldn't breathe and he couldn't accomplish what he wanted to accomplish. So he was just very bitter, very, very difficult to, uh, to deal with. And he'd call you, and he'd call you to help him, and then he'd call you more to help him, and he'd call you more to help him. (laughs) It's almost like you didn't want to take his phone calls. And, you know, you're like, yeah, this guy's just abusing me, and, you know. And if it wasn't you, then he'd jump to the next person and so on and so forth. But it was just one of those kind of guys, you know. And, you know, a lot of times uh, uh, you'd go out and try to pray with him. And he's like, ah, you're just trying to push that religion down my throat, you know, and, then it's uh, and then I say, listen, why, you know, God's trying to help you. Why don't you forgive and and let Jesus in? He said, he goes. There's people that have done things to me. I'll never forgive them. He says. Uh, he says they're gonna cry out for mercy. He goes, and they're ne- they're never gonna get the mercy. He goes, I, because I'm never gonna forgive them. I said, you're prophesying your own doom. I said, you know, that's that's not what you want to do. But God uh, kept sending people. You know, he. He'd have Shelly cut his hair, and she'd, he'd have other people from another church down the street, Assemblies of God, they went over there and talked to him. And uh, and so uh, about a week and a half ago, the, uh, I got a call. He could only say, like, one word because he had COPD. He was really suffering from the COPD. He was in the hospital. And he's like, come. And uh, Wendy had talked to him, and I said, uh, well, I can't go now. I can't go now. And so three days passed or so, I couldn't get to him. And then I was at work, and uh, he called up, and he was on this breathing machine, and he just uh, was, had enough time to just get off to, to say something, and he had to put the machine back on because the oxygen would go down. And he says, come now. I said, all right, visiting hours 11 to 1. I said, all right, uh, I'll come now. So I got in my car, went out to the hospital, and uh, I said, "Jim, I said this this is it." I said, "You know, because they want to intubate it, they want to take them off the regular oxygen over to the intubator." And I said, "Jim, this is it." I go, "Doctors can't help you no more. It's time." So I I said. Uh, I said, You ready to forgive? I'm ready. So he forgave everybody. We prayed the prayer of faith. He accepted Jesus. Hour later, he was dead. all about the one. So I said to Jesus, I said, you know, did it did it really work? Did he did he really get saved? And I got a pop up Bible verse every day. It pops up on my phone. That day it popped up and said, No word of God ever fails. You know we all have a Jim Pratt we all can reach a Jim Pratt that I can't reach but you can you know and don't fluff these guys off because God's after that one yeah he'll stop revival for the one You know, the person who got Billy Graham saved, it was only, uh, from what I'm told, excuse me, from what I'm told, the only person that person ever prayed for was Billy Graham, got him saved. Look at the results. Reinhard Bonnke uh, told this story. I was with Reinhard Bonnke in Florida for a week. And uh, he said this story, that his family was not saved. Before he was born, there was a bus that broke down in his uh, hometown in uh, Germany. And uh, an evangelist, not evangelist, just a Christian guy, got off the bus and said, uh, is there anybody here I can pray for? And they said, yeah, there's a guy in town. He's always sick, you know, he's crying and this and that. And they said, all right, I'll go and pray for him. So when he prayed for him, the guy got healed. Well, because he got healed, that family got saved and followed, became Christians. And that was the brother of Reiner Bonnke's father, who also got saved. And uh, so therefore, Reiner Bonnke got raised in a Christian family, who ended up being, you know, the evangelist to Africa, And we know how many people, I mean, he'd have two, three million people, his service, who got saved. And all that guy did was get off that bus and pray for that one sick person. It's all about the one. You don't know what's going to happen. Jesus saved that one madman of Gadarenes and saved the whole region. You know, my, my son Michael complained once. He goes, I really don't have a testimony. He goes, I've had a perfect life. <laughs> Having, haven't had many problems to come back from and this and that. It's actually an advantage to go through tough times. Everything you do matters, even the small things. That's what that guy said in that near-death experience, you know. It reminds me of, uh, you know, I, this church even. I came, Jay and I were looking for a church, and uh, I didn't know if this was the church or not, but as I was leaving, Sherry came up to me and gave me a hug. I mean, I don't know if it was good or bad, she kept me in this church. <laughs> but I've been here ever since, but it was that hug. you know. I was at the bocce tournament, and one girl comes up to me and she says, hey, she, you know, she was a little bit tipsy. Hey, Frank, she goes. You're the greatest. I said, why do you say that? She goes, don't you remember? She goes, way back when, she goes, I was in court and I had a ticket and I didn't know what to do and you just grabbed it from me and said, you know, I'll take care of this. And she goes, bam, bam, you took care of it. And she goes, you've been my lawyer ever since. My family, my kids, everybody. everybody. I send everybody to you, coworkers. It was all because of the one thing that I did. You know? I'm not trying to tout my own horn. All I'm saying is that every little thing counts. a hello a handshake you know you know i was listening to one preacher on uh, tv and i was actually on the on the on, uh, youtube and he was preaching and i was into his sermon and this and that. and right at the end i heard at the end of his sermon he he told somebody to like grab some equipment i i could hear him he was preaching and he goes will you get that and i said to myself this guy's got a Just a terrible head. He's acting all holy and this and that. And I just heard him say that to that other guy. And I was like, nah. I turned him off because of that. And he doesn't even know that little comment that he was preaching on, on YouTube. I was totally into his message and everything else. And when I heard him say that to his underling, I just shut him off. All because of that one comment. Imagine in heaven when he sees that. All about the one I'll end it with this story. I know you may have heard this before, but uh, there was a guy, old guy, on a beach, and all these starfish had uh, washed up along shore, thousands of them, thousands of them, and you know to keep them alive, you got to get them back in the ocean. It'd take you forever, It'd take you a year to throw all these starfish back in, so he's sitting there grabbing one, and he just throws it back in. Grab another one, throw it back in. And there was this uh, couple on our honeymoon. They were walking along the beach. And they said to the guy, what are you doing? He says, I'm throwing starfish back in the ocean. They said, what does it matter? Because look at them all. There's thousands of them. And he picked one up, and he looked at it. He goes, it matters to this one. (laughs) And he threw it back in the ocean. You may not save everybody, but the one you do save, it matters to them. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's Word and that you be filled with His love and strength as you daily serve Him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.